Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I uh, just received an email from Denise. You know, find out things about post-traumatic stress disorder as you go along. I'm just really... Uh, learning about what, in fact, is happening. Denise says, hello, Roy, please have a look at what first responder Terrence Kosikar has started in B.C. with his unfathomable journey flipping a 400-pound tire end over end 30 kilometers in 30 days to bring awareness to the epidemic of suicide in PTSD. BreakingTheChainsBC.com is where it is. BreakingTheChainsBC.com. His journey began February 12th. It's amazing. And it really speaks to what it's about. It's the people who are suffering or making the difference, and it's the responsibility of the rest of us to stand beside them because they are the first responders and they are the men and the women in the military. Denise is in Vancouver. Denise, hi. Hi, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. What is your association and your relationship? with post-traumatic stress disorder? I uh, suffered from PTSD uh, with an incident at work. I was a flight attendant, and we had a May Day with an incapacitated pilot three years ago. I checked out. I wasn't able to cope um, with my job. I couldn't socialize. became estranged from my family. Um, very positive person, but something had just switched in me. And it was a very dark place, uh, so much so that um, I contemplated ending my life. I sought out professional counseling to help with that and um, been on, you know, healing since and become more aware recently with what an epidemic it is uh, with so many people and particularly with first responders. I was, uh, my former husband uh, is a Vancouver City policeman and I could see changes in him um, over the years as well. Um, our communication broke down and inevitably ended up uh, ending our marriage. So I, I see that in so many people. Um, and it's just, I, I'm just, we're, we're on a path here and on a journey, as, as I just sent you that link with what Terrence is doing, the first responder, and just trying to get awareness out there uh, Canada-wide to prevent what's happening. Okay, let me, let me put you on... Uh... Let me hold you on the system. Will you stay with us? Sure. Okay. When you talk about a Mayday incident, mm-hmm. we're talking about something terribly serious in the air. You lose a pilot. Correct. Yeah. And and you were facing? Well, it was a situation um, where we weren't sure if we were going to make it. He was at the controls and had a seizure, and we had to um, take him out. And, and um, it wasn't a very... Great can't imagine. Yeah, so I can't imagine. We're all trained in that, and your your body just goes into um, survival mode. You just do what you're trained to do. But it was the aftermath, uh, the days, the weeks after that, I, I realized it had more of a profound effect on me than I thought it would. Dr. Reisker, sound familiar to you? Absolutely. 
What would you say to uh, to Denise? Oh, uh, where where would I begin? You're exactly. Certainly not alone. I mean, that sort of a reaction is that, that is normal, right? Because she she said she said an epidemic. It's an epidemic, Norman. An epidemic. Yes. But we're only finding out about it, or at least I am. Mm-hmm. I don't think most Canadians are aware of what of what really is going on. Fair statement? Absolutely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Norman, what are the what are the chances that you're going to be getting the the the, the, that the help that that not only the help that you require, but that you've earned? I said, what do what do you expect? I mean, do you think do you think the governments are going to step up? Do you think that they're going to that they that you'll be able to get the uh, the help and the as you described a situation to us last weekend that you faced, which would be something that would haunt you for life, are you going to be able, do you think, get the the assistance and the help that you've earned? Are you hopeful? I'm, I'm not going to quit until I get it. Need people like you. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I'm quite disgusted, uh, especially when I, I read that uh, WSIB transferred $285 million into their investment fund. They're making money. They're a profit-making organization that's supposedly uh, monitored by the government, but they're not. They're rogue. It's it's a protection racket, and and the money they've got is blood money. Well, we need the government to do what they say they're going to do. I understand your anger and frustration. We need government to step up and say do what they say they're going to do. They keep talking a game, but they don't. In Alberta, as Jane says. Um, they they have a right Jane PTSD is recognized as a workplace yes. illness. Okay. Yes. We have John calling in from the Toronto area. John, your relationship Hi. with PTSD. Hi. Well, uh, whew, hard to describe. Cause, uh, my wife uh, knows all about it, and uh, she's going to take. She's actually she's the one that opened my eyes to it because I've been in the business for about eighteen nineteen years. And, uh, Can you tell us what business in, that is? In uh, the prisons. Okay, you work in a you work in a prison. Yeah. Okay. And uh, seen quite a few blood baths, cut cut down a few hangers. Oh boy. Stuff like that, and uh, I don't realize how it affects me until I'm out with my daughter. If somebody even looks sideways, I just click something just clicks, and my wife goes, "You're not at work. You're not at work. Calm down." And even just uh, thinking thinking about it. Hold on. No, I'll put you on hold. You you gather your thoughts. Jane, you're a nurse. Mm-hmm. How much help is the general medical system to Norman, to uh, your husband, to Denise, to John? That you I can think- tell. I think that um, the system is there. It's a matter of knowing how to find it. Um, and I know where where I am and the place that I work. I have um, I I work with some of the mental health professionals in our area, and so because I know them, I was able to reach out and sort of not that I jumped that that he jumped the queue, but I knew where he had to go to get help, and so I was able to do it probably easier than other people. Okay, so Norman, when there, you were it's, it's sorry, a matter of finding it. 
Norman, when you first had a sense that it was happening to you, when things started yeah. to change for you, did you did you seek help right away, or did somebody notice it? How how did you make the transition from the firefighter to the Norman Traversy with PTSD? And and uh, was there somebody there to provide you with some help and some guidance out of the gate? My wife uh, is the one that did it. Uh, she noticed what well, something was going on, and she said, uh, "You you've got to get help, or else." And you know what the "or else" means, and. Uh, I said, look, I might as well get loser tattooed on my forehead. And she forced me to go. I went to my doctor. My doctor referred me to another doctor who referred me to a PTSD doctor who then diagnosed me. Uh, I did get some help. Things did improve uh, until WSIB got a hold of me. And then they just turned back the clock. You know, they're asking me things that... I had spent years trying to forget because, as the, the doctor said earlier, they want a specific incident. Well, they had dozens of specific incidents, and they quizzed me on all of them under oath. And uh, I went from having to put a lot of that behind me to having it right back. You know, firefighter, it, firefighter of the year. Firefighter of the Year, you earned better than that. Dr. Uraiska, I got a sense here that family and family support and family standing beside you is critically important for anybody with post-traumatic stress disorder. And if they don't have that, then there's a huge hole that has to be filled. Fair statement? Certainly a fair statement. I think in some ways it's, it's perhaps a little bit more complex than that. Family support is, is absolutely crucial. Um it's, it's hard for families as well, though, and, and that's an important thing, thing to recognize as well, mm -hmm. that families, uh, just because all of a sudden you have a family member who has this diagnosis doesn't mean that you magically have the information to understand what's going on and why and, and how to be a support. And it can be tremendously difficult and, and trying to watch someone that you care about suffer um, like this. So... Families are tremendously supportive and protective. Families also do require support. What do you do, and can you give me this answer in 60 seconds, because I have to take a break. What do, how do you approach, how do you approach uh, treating someone with post-traumatic stress disorder? How do you gain the confidence? If we have people listening now who are struggling with it, or a family member who's, of someone who's struggling with it, and they're wondering whether they have the courage uh, to go on, or whether they should go on and deal with a with a professional like yourself, how do you how do you gain the confidence? How do you how do you approach it? Well, the first thing I do is I start out by explaining a lot about what's going on and why, and helping people understand what their brain is doing and why helps to dispel a lot of a lot of fear about just feeling like you've you've gone crazy, which is oftentimes what it feels like to people when they don't understand it to begin with. Um, I also write a, write a blog uh, that people can access even before they're ready to go into therapy that helps them to get a sense of what therapy will be like. Okay. What's the blog? Uh, the blog is on a website called CanadianVeteransAdvocacy.com slash Coming Back Home is my blog. Okay. CanadianVeteransAdvocacy.com slash Coming, coming back, back Home. home. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with our guests. We'll talk some more with Denise and with John as well. And we'll talk about this post-traumatic stress disorder. We're all learning. I think most of us are learning 
um, about the issue and about what it is that's being faced by first responders and, and military. I've got your back. 911 tweets at the Roy Green Show. Thank you for talking about first responders, mental health, and barriers faced to receive help today. We'll come right back. We have just a few minutes left on the segment on PTSD. This segment, we'll be doing more as we learn more. We're just learning now. We can't squeeze everything. We can't learn everything in two hours. John is uh, back with us. You feeling better, John? Yeah, I'm good. All right, sir. Please, please continue where where you where you were. You were talking about dealing with your PTSD, and your spouse, your wife, alerts you to what's going on. Yeah, I. It's hard for me to step out from the inside because I can't take a look at it myself. But uh, she's the one that noticed quite a few changes in me. And uh, several several of my colleagues have have been diagnosed in the past. I look at the reaction of my fellow colleagues, and I say, I'm not going there. I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. I'm damned if I do and damned if I don't. Are you getting help? Things. Are you getting help? No. 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 I won't do it because of uh, the stigmatism my colleagues have uh, put up with. Uh, I don't know if that's worse or what. It's just I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. I consider it, but I'll have to wait and see. I still got that attitude. I'm at the gate, but I'm not quite there. Jane, what would you say to John? Um, well, on on the break, actually, my, my husband, who's listening right now, didn't want to talk, said um, he needs help. He needs to get in. And as somebody who is the spouse of it, you start to see the spiral. And it's not one incident that you can put your finger on, but mm-hmm. you, you see the pattern. And I would say he needs help. I would say he needs to at least start with his GP um, if he has one and start reaching out to mental health and I'm not sure where in the country you're part of but within most of the websites of local um, health agencies they've got numbers there and I think it's important that he reach out. All right, I asked Jane John because her husband is also stigmatized because he has the PTSD. Dr. Reiska how much how much of an issue is that the stigmatization? It's a huge issue. It's it's a tremendous issue. I'm sorry, we have um, several people talking. To get in, okay? who, who else is talking? I'm sorry, everyone, I hear Dr. Reiska. Go ahead, Dr. Reiska. The, um, the, the fear of stigma is a tremendous issue, and, and it makes a, a huge difference in, unfortunately, holding people back from getting the help that they need when they need it. Sometimes it's about um, not knowing what to expect when, when people go to therapy. Sometimes it's about... Uh, feeling that if, if they reach out for help, uh, and, and unfortunately, as some of your other guests have, have attested to today, uh, that fear is very real, that there will be backlash within the workplace. Um, there are people who uh, we work with at, at our clinic who choose not to go through their workplace and, and unfortunately use uh, private funding or um, any extended health benefits that they have rather than, than file a claim through WSIB to get help without letting work or, or co-workers know. So it's a real That's, it's a real issue. The stigmatization is a real issue. Absolutely. Jane's is. husband is facing it. John is afraid of it. Norman Norman had to deal with it up front. We have about a minute and a half left. Denise, how are you now? You're the flight attendant who went through the Mayday situation. How are you now? Good. I I, I sought the help. I took the time that was required, and I, I did what I could to heal uh, in a healthy way with exercise, proper nutrition, 
great support and, and accepting it. Um, a lot of people didn't understand it, and they still don't, but it's very common, and it's our job to really educate people and, and get something in motion uh, to help prevent the current suicide rate, which is uh, just unbelievable. It's terrifying. We need to take action. It's terrifying. Uh, 30 seconds. Norman, go ahead, please. Um, all I can say is that uh, we should get rid of WSIB. I, I think it's it's totally corrupt. Uh, it's a money-making organization that yep. is, is stopping people from getting help. And I think if we got rid of them, the provinces would save billions and our unions would have to stick up for us, which right. is what they're supposed to do in the first place. Which your union I, has not has not done for you. No, my union okay. has not I have stuck to, up for me or others. I have to step in only because we've run out of time. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you for to, uh, to John and to Denise for calling in. Jane, thank you very much. Norman, as always, we'll be back in touch. Dr. Reiske, thank, thank you, and we'll be back in touch with you. There's much more to learn and much more to talk about, about post-traumatic stress disorder. We're just, at least on this program, we're just finding out about it. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We'll take a break and come back in a minute.